Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. 32-25, the Colts lose in overtime to the Baltimore Ravens. An absolute demoralizing loss, and a loss you hope that this team is able to get up off the mat from because it was that bad. It was a historical loss for this franchise. ESPN put up the statistic because we blew a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter that we were 120-0 when leading by 16 or more in the fourth quarter. I don't know if that's franchise history, but at least since the merger. So Indianapolis era, it's never happened before. And We've had some really bad teams in Indianapolis, some really bad quarterbacks, some really bad coaches. It's never happened. Some really bad defenses. It's never happened. A 16-point lead in the fourth quarter of this game. And it began in the final minute of the third quarter. We had a bunch of injuries in the secondary. Odom's in there. A bunch of guys are in there. They hit the bomb with a minute to go in the third quarter. It was their first touchdown. It was their first real big play of the game. They had another drive inside the five. And we had the Blackman fumble, the forced fumble, the Leonard scoop, the pitch. Somehow they called it. A forward lateral, it was a backwards lateral, it didn't matter because we ended up going down and scoring a touchdown. It was probably better because we ended up killing clock by doing that anyway, although I guess we could have used some clock at the end of the game because we settled for a field goal, which we missed. Special teams, awful in this game. I get it, Blankenship's hurt, but he was awful in this game. The blocked kick, obviously a huge problem. We don't even block Clay's Campbell, he gets his hands up, he gets his hands on the ball. So, so many missed opportunities. We left seven points out there for like 2019. We left seven points out there on special teams, missed an extra point, which then led to missing a two-point conversion. If you make the extra point, you're just going to kick another extra point, and you hope to make that one too because it's an extra point. It should be automatic, even though they've moved it back over the last couple of years. It should still be automatic. Then you get a kick blocked, then you miss a kick. That is seven points in a game that goes to overtime. So a game you have a 16-point lead, and that should be enough. You could have tacked on more. You could have made it an 11-point game if that kick doesn't get blocked when the Ravens have their final possession of regulation. If it's 11 points, you could give up a touchdown. You could give up the two-point conversion, and it doesn't matter because you're up by 11 points. And unfortunately, this has been a theme for the Colts over the last four years under Frank Reich as our head coach. There have been six games where we've led by double digits in the second half and came out on the losing end. You go back to 2018, 23-10. I think this was his first game as a coach against the Cincinnati Bengals. We lost 34-23. They went on a 24-0 run. So that's Reich's first game. That's Eberflus's first game back in 2018. That's Ballard's first game of his second year, his first game without Chuck Pagano. Back in 2018. The first game, all these guys were together. And we saw this type of blown game. 24-0 run for the Cincinnati Bengals. 2019, we're up 17-7 on Tennessee. We lose 31-17. That's a 24-0 run for the Titans. Again in 2019, 35-21 against Tampa. Leonard had a pick six. The defense did big things in the first half of that game. We lost 38 35, a 17-0 run for Tampa to close it out with Jameis Winston, not Tom Brady. Last year, 2020, 24-7 against Pittsburgh. We lost 28-24, a 21-0 run for Pittsburgh. And then last night, 
25-9 against Baltimore, and we lost 31-25, a 22-0 run. So there has been a 24-0 run, a 24-0 run, a 17-0 run, a 21-0 run, a 22-0 run. That's not just the defense. Yes, they're giving up the points, but they're also making stops to build the lead. That's not just on the offense not scoring points. They scored points to build the lead. Same with special teams. They're making kicks in the beginning of the game. They're punting, good returns. And then the second half of these games, we had missed kicks, as we saw last night. The missed extra point, two missed field goals by Rodrigo Blankenship. So these are ultimate team losses. It does fall on the shoulders of the head coach because he's the head coach. He's in charge of the entire operation. But... A lot of this is players not making plays, our depth being pushed to the max, and I can't even blame Ballard that much because you're not just down a safety or a corner. At one point, we were down to our sixth and seventh cornerbacks. So it's hard to put it on flutes because what are you supposed to do? Even these guys, it's not their fault. When you go into a game as a sixth string, a seventh string cornerback, you expect help but when everybody out there is a backup and you don't have any pass rush, it becomes extremely difficult to just enter a game. So we throw in a backup, boom, they attack them downfield. And we saw that multiple times in the second half of this game, and they ate us alive. And we blew the 16-point lead, and it's not just on the defense, it's not just on the offense, it's not just on special teams. Yes, if one thing happened differently for offense, or if one thing happened differently for defense, or if one thing happened differently for special teams, is it a different game? Do we win the game? Yes. But when you're up 16 points, one extra point, one field goal, one missed block, one missed tackle shouldn't be the difference. It shouldn't matter because you should never be in a position where the other team is even threatening to go to overtime. You shouldn't give up the two touchdowns and the two two-point conversions. So we got decimated with injuries. This was as tough of a game and as tough as a loss as I've ever seen, at least in the regular season. As a Colts fan, Jason, 32-25. I'm honestly shocked at what I just watched. Yeah, man, I'm heartbroken. This is one of the toughest losses that uh, I've been a part of as far as regular season. Um, it's, heart it's heartbreaking. I mean, as a fan, you live and die with this team, and, and you love all these guys, and you want to win. And, uh, you know, I'm really speechless, Luke. I mean, I mean, a lot of people were blaming Flues, but you can't leave seven points on the field. Not against a good team. We left seven points on the field. If we make an extra point, a field goal, or the one that we didn't, you know, got blocked, we win the game. So people are, you know, blaming the defense, and, and, and they deserve a lot of blame. They didn't get to the quarterback. That's my bigger issue. I, the secondary was in shambles. My bigger issue is we didn't get any pressure because that's that makes your secondary, if you can get there, it's, it's not as big of a deal, but we just got no pressure, and he tried everybody. Everybody's bitching about Banigou playing. Banigou was out there, did absolutely nothing. Trey was out there, didn't do jack shit. So I don't want to hear any more about, like, Banigou, Banigou, Banigou. He was fresh. He was out there while their linemen retired, and they didn't do any. He didn't do anything in this game. So, for me, I'm frustrated. I'm angry because I know everybody's going to blame the defense. But at what point do the players have to make a play? I mean, they they got to make a play. As far as like you know, pointing fingers, I think you can point fingers in every direction. I thought Wright got conservative, so you can point a finger at him. I don't. Obviously, the offense was the reason why we were in the position we were in to win it. So I thought the offense was really, you know. I, the offense gives me hope for the future as far as the rest of the season. The defense, if we don't get anybody back, it's going to be a train wreck because you can't play with scrubs. You just can't win in this league against, you know, against good teams with scrubs. And then if you can't make extra points and field goals against – it just doesn't matter. We, I mean, we left seven points out there. 
I mean, you look at what Carson did to get us in field goal range with 30 seconds left, a makeable field goal, and he misses it. And, of course, we get a kick. Our kicker gets injured somehow. What, in pregame? I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. It really is. Yeah, and then we miss the extra point. So then when we go up and we score our final touchdown of the game, we go up 22-3. to three. I would just kick that extra point and go up 20. Instead, you're trying to go up 21, and I get that. It's three touchdowns, but there's so much game left. I wouldn't be chasing points to go up three scores. I would just kick the extra point. And then, obviously, the way the game flows, you end up kicking a field goal, comes down to it where they need two two-point conversions. It would have been a 17-point game if you kicked that extra point. So we missed the extra point. Then we go for two. We don't get the two. I know they had a two that they didn't get. But you're starting to chase points just way too early in the game. Then we got conservative at the end on that third and eight. And timeout-wise, I thought that we could have saved us more clock and maybe made it an easier game-winning field goal at the end. And we kind of got lucky with Jack Doyle pushing the guy's head and then the ref seeing the guy who finished it rather than the guy who started it. We got a huge first down, and we moved the chains, and we got to the 45-yard line, and we got a field goal range, and we missed a field goal. But the one before that I thought was even bigger, the one that got blocked, it was an easier kick, and you make that as an 11-point game. Instead, it's an 8-point game, and they have a chance to obviously go down the field and tie as they do. So it's just so many, like every single thing needed to go wrong in the fourth quarter of this game. And literally every single thing did go wrong for us to ultimately lose this game in overtime. And it's a, it's just, you're left speechless, but at the same time, it just keeps replaying in my head every little thing because it only took one. It only took making one of the kicks or making the extra point or converting the two-point conversion or Lamar barely barely getting his knee on the ground on the Darius Leonard, what would have been a forced fumble inside the five-yard line. We almost had him. I think Taekwon Lewis almost had him for a sack. There were so many little plays where if just that play, if we just stop one of those two two-point conversions, we win the game. And every single thing went in the Ravens' favor at the end of that game in the fourth quarter. And it's not like we got unlucky. I guess injury-wise we got unlucky, but a lot of it's just, you got to make all play. Just make one of these plays. Make the kick. Don't let it get blocked. Don't let them score on both and convert both two-point conversions. And just everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. And that's really the only way you blow a 16-point lead. It's kind of hard to do everything right or something right and blow the 16-point lead. So, it's a stunning loss, Jason. And it's huge when you look at the standings. You win this game, you're sitting at two and three. Now you're sitting at one and four. That's a big difference. You feel like you had this because you did 120 and 0 in your last 120 games in this predicament. And now you come out on the losing end. So all those games with Pagano, as bad as he was, we never saw a 16 plus point lead blown in the fourth quarter. So this was just an ugly, ugly, terrible collapse by this team. And then what about overtime? Not calling a timeout earlier. Our defense obviously was huffing and puffing. Everybody was tired, and we wait until they get inside the eight-yard line to call a timeout. At that point, the game's over. You know they're going to score. It's inevitable. If you're going to call a timeout, call it earlier. Call it at the 30-yard line, the 35-yard line, so you can catch a breather when you actually are still in the game. You actually have a chance to make a stop. And, of course, they go right down and score. Yeah, I mean, I I, I knew they weren't, weren't going to win this game as well. 
as soon as we missed the field goal, I, I pretty much thought it was done because I just didn't have any confidence that even if we got it, the, the one, the toss, that we could score a touchdown. And if we had kicked a field goal, I, you know, are we going to make it, get it blocked? I mean, who knows? But, yeah, it's a heartbreaking loss. Should have never went to overtime. You know, you could have called a timeout earlier. Probably wouldn't have mattered uh, in overtime. But I get, your point's well taken. It's just, it's just so difficult to win in this league when you don't get any pressure. And he was just – he could have smoked a, I mean, he could have smoked a cigarette back there. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, and you're asking Anthony Chesley and Bo Pete Keys to cover Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And, and all these, and the people, the inter, not the internet, but the guys, the, the booth guys were saying we should go man. I mean, really? You're going to go man with Anthony Chesley? And, <laughs> and I mean, really? You're going to, you're going to bring, I mean, it's a lot easier to play zone than it is man, in my opinion, in the NFL, as far as if you're not, a, if you have a, scrub on the field or somebody that and maybe these guys aren't even scrubs but they 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 don't have a lot of experience yep. so i think he i think Cluse was screwed either way he blitz it's an 80 yard touchdown you don't blitz you know they they, they nickel and dime you down the field so yep. i mean well just, just said, i felt like people were acting as if it was the same defense that was out there the whole game the game plan everything worked Flus had it going we were bowling defensively we had a great great game defensively Absolutely. Up until the last eight minutes or so, when literally everybody got hurt. If you take yep. any team, like take any team, take Buffalo as great as they're playing. If you take all their players off the field, they're no longer that team. Well, the the flu haters out there, they don't want to hear that shit. So you know, I mean, look, we lost Rhodes on a stupid play. I thought by him, he didn't need to hit the guy like that. He could have just made the tackle. Um, or try to break it up, but whatever. We lose Kari. Kari was really, I don't think, played much. I don't think he, I think he had a t- couple of tackles, but he didn't play much. Then we lose his backups and Deho. So you got George Odom out there with Bo P. Keys, Anthony Chesley, Julian Blackman, and Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore and Julian ba- Blackman can't cover everybody. You know what I mean? So listen, there's no excuse for blowing the lead and, and, we had to make a play, and I put blame on the defense for sure. I mean, you don't blow a 16-point lead by yourself, but it's all fucking moot point. And excuse mm-hmm. my language, but I'm very upset and frustrated after this game, Luke. It's a moot point if you just make a kick. If you just make a damn kick, yeah. none of it matters. Nobody's talking about it. It doesn't matter. But we didn't. We missed. We had three opportunities, and we missed all of them. No, it's That's true. The game. It's true, and... You're completely stripping the defense of all, and I don't. I hate to make the injury excuse, but mid-game the way it happened, the way the defense was, it's not like we had an average day defensively. We were having a great day defensively. We were holding Lamar to career lows. We were shutting down a very good offense, and then boom, the lights go out. So. It was a complete night and day. And it's not like, I also tweeted this out. It's not like it was one injury. Like last year in the Pittsburgh game, it was basically one injury. And I think Kari Willis got hurt. And then who was the backup safety last year that we cut? Oh, God. Uh, 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 31. 31. Wilson? I can't remember his name, but I know Wilson? his number. Was it something? something yeah, Tavon Wilson. Wilson. Tavon Wilson. So, like, last year, Tavon Wilson came into that Steeler game, and I think we gave up, like, 21 straight points, 28 straight points. That was more like one guy, and the defense fell apart, which is inexcusable. The excuse here, you still lose the game. 
you still have to make a play. Even the backups, you're still on the roster. Like, it'd be nice to make a play. But it's not like one guy goes down and we weren't able to adjust or help him out. Because if Rhodes is still in the game and you could isolate him on one side of the field and you could just shift everything to the other side to help out, you could probably get through this game. But the fact that every single guy, it seemed like, in the secondary went down, it made it so much more difficult because how do you help one when they all need help? Because when you look at depth, it's usually like, okay, let's take a guy and plug and play or these two guys and plug and play. To go to the bottom of the barrel and to throw three backup corners and a backup safety or two backup safety. Like that's a lot to ask for. And I know we get it a lot with Ben Banigou. Like, why doesn't he play more? Why doesn't he play more? Like Twitter loves Banigou for some reason. We also see it with George Odom. And I understand that Odom is a phenomenal special teams player. He's the first team all pro gunner, but he's obviously not a first team all pro safety. And he's not probably not an NFL safety. And people always ask, why don't the Colts? Or I see a lot of people saying, oh, Flus hates George Odom because he doesn't play him on defense. Well, we saw today why the Colts don't like him on defense. He's an asset to this team on special teams, but defensively, he's a liability. And he didn't get over the top. And that was the 50-yard touchdown. If you hold them, you could give up seven on that trip. But if you make them burn another two, three, four minutes and slowly go down the field, we probably win this game because they're going to run out of time. There wasn't enough time in the game for them to win by having 15 play drives. They needed at least one home run hit, and they got the home run hit because George Odom didn't get over the top. And that's a situation, if Carr is in the game or your starter's in the game, you're not going to give that up, most likely. I mean, you could, but most likely you're not going to give it up, or you're not going to give up three drives worth of it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no question. I mean – just to just to go kind of by the depth chart, we just signed Chesley. I think last week we had our fifth and sixth corners out there, okay, and our third string safety for the majority of the end of that game. So people are going to say you're making excuses and all that, but that's just a fact. And of course they went right. I mean, as soon as Bo Pete Keys came in the game, the first friggin' play they went right at him, and Odom did not get over. And do you think that's a coincidence? There's a, I mean, so, I mean, to me, yes, the defense fell apart. And yes, there's some blame to go around. I mean, a lot of blame to go around for those guys. But I come back to the special teams, Luke. That's the difference in this game, not the defense. The defense balled their, they balled out. When they had their guys out there, they allowed three points to this team. Yep. Maybe nine. I'll give them nine. But the rest of the points were when the scrubs were out there. And it's if true. we just make the field goal, the game's over. It's true. And it sucks so, because, well, it sucks for a multitude of reasons. But offensively, I'm feeling good. It looks like yeah. the field's a lot bigger. We've complained. And it's been a big concern that the field has shrunk offensively. And I blamed Reich a lot for that because he's calling the plays. And it seems like you 
always use the term telephone booth. And it feels like he shrinks the field. And today it was open and we were getting our playmakers the ball. We threw to Cox. We got Taylor involved. Taylor had the big 70-yard touchdown. We threw the jump ball, the deep pass to Pittman to open the second half. And he went up and he made a phenomenal play. And I feel like we wasted a great offensive performance. And hopefully we could build upon it moving forward. But I saw so many great things offensively. And, of course, so many great things defensively as well. And that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, we watched the defense collapse. You could also say the offense did kind of in the second half as well because there was big first downs they could have got where you could kill another 30 seconds. You could kill another minute. Instead of settling for one of the field goals, you could score another touchdown. I mean, you are allowed to score 30 points in the game, which we haven't done all season. You are allowed to score 30 points in a game. We watch the Bills do it every week, score 30, 35, 40 points. You're allowed to do it in regulation. doesn't have to be in overtime like we saw today with the Ravens. You're allowed to do that in regulation. We still haven't done it yet this season. So this was, I felt like going into the fourth quarter, a complete team win, and it turned into a complete team loss. When you blow a 16-point lead, it's not about one guy. It's not about one play. It's not about one kick. It's not about one conversion. It's not about one play. It's about the entire team. This was the ultimate team loss I'm extremely disappointed in this coaching staff because even a game like today where I thought it was one of the best game plans, one of the best, most well-executed game plans, and we're doing everything right for at least three quarters of it, the way it crashed and burned, and you just felt it coming. I'm kind of over, like, as a fan and, like, talking to people on Twitter, blank, like, the blame game is is kind of getting old, and I know people want to rip and rip and rip and do whatever. Bottom line is we're we're one and four. We lost the game. We had a chance to win, and we didn't get it done. And we just you got to pick up your teammates. Like the, the special teams has got to pick up the defense. The offense has to pick up the defense. The defense has to pick up the offense. And it just for whatever reason it just hasn't worked out this year. That's just they're finding ways to lose games, and that's what bad teams do. I mean, you just cannot have. I keep going back to it, but you can't leave seven points out there. If you just get three or even one, we win the game, Luke. I mean, that's re- take away the blaming Reich and blaming Flus and blame. If we just execute an extra point, we win the game. That's it. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, Jason, it's not even about the result when I talk about these other things. Yes, we could. If Lamar's knee's not barely down inside the five yard line, we force that fumble. The extra point, the missed kick, the block kick by Calais Campbell, any of those things. There was even a ball that Lamar threw up on one of the drives and it just fluttered in the air. That ball easily could have been picked off. There was a lot of things. I'm almost more upset or concerned about how you just let it spiral. The fact that it was even possible for the Ravens to be in this game in the fourth quarter is concerning to me that you could let this tailspin occur despite the injuries, despite the missed kicks, despite any little one play here, one play there. And, of course, any of those things, just one of those things go the other direction, we win this game. But the fact that it was even a possibility for the Ravens after how the first three quarters of this game went is a problem. Like, that's problematic. Because good teams don't blow 16-point leads. Well-coached teams don't blow 16-point leads. That's a 
major problem that that just happened. I know you're on the road. I know it's prime time. I know it's Monday Night Football. I know the Ravens are a very good team, but it's just inexcusable. Yeah, and as far as defensively, we we this team has got to find a way to generate pass rush. Flus has still really never had – I mean, I guess you could say Houston for one year, but he's really never had an exceptional pass rush or an exceptional pass rusher. And I, that's what drives a cover two or a zone defense. He doesn't – I mean, it's not just a cover two, but a base cover two, principles or whatever. you got to have pass rushers. Like, you think about Dungy. We had Freeney and Mathis, and we were spoiled with those guys. Now, you know, we're, we don't have pay. Dio's not back. You know, Taekwon was really good tonight, and Muhammad was okay. But those backup guys, Teray's got to be better. He, he didn't have a good game tonight. Really didn't get any pressure and not not and Banigou did nothing. Just I mean they've got to find a way to get pressure. That it's going to be a problem all year if they don't. So I don't know where that's going to come from, especially if these guys these corners are out for an extended period of time. Because if you blitz, we're going to get roasted in the secondary. So I don't know what Flus can do. I'll be honest with you because we just don't have a lot of talent up front other than uh, the the two defensive tackles. So. Taekwon played well, but you need more than that. And, you know, especially when they're in such a, you know, such a momentum, you know, going to, and I think Taekwon was kind of in and out too. So, yeah. you know, it's just tough, man. I, I don't know what to say after a game like this. I'm as upset as everybody else is, you know, I, I just, I can't believe we lost the game. It's, it's really just shocking. Yeah. I mean, last year pass rush was a concern and issue with this defense. So, we lose Houston in free agency. We didn't want him back. We obviously showed no interest in bringing him back, despite what his agent might have put out there. And then Autry, we wanted back, weren't able to get him back. The Titans outbid us. So we lose those two guys. We draft Pay. We draft Dio. We knew Dio wouldn't be ready. Now Pay goes down. So those two guys, long run, big picture, will definitely be an upgrade in my opinion. But short term, they could have been a less experienced, more talented, maybe guys who get better as the year goes on and become better than what you had last year. But there's going to be a learning curve regardless. So last year, one of our weaknesses was the pass rush. One of our biggest weaknesses, I would say, was pass rush. The guys we brought in to replace the two guys from last year, both aren't out there. So we're talking about guys who went down during the game in the secondary. You're also missing your two guys from last year that you don't bring back, your two top edge rushers, and then the two replacements that you got this year both aren't out there. One, we knew when we took them, so that was inevitable. We knew that. But the other one obviously goes down a couple weeks ago. So you really don't have any pass rush. And part of that, some of that's on Ballard because going into the draft, you basically just completely bypassed it in free agency. Then you're relying on the draft on a guy coming off an Achilles and a first-round rookie. So you're putting a lot of stock into young players, and we're rushing three the entire time or four in the second half in the fourth quarter. But you have to because you have to help in coverage when you have all that inexperience and, quite frankly, practice squad guys in the secondary. So it's just such a hands-tied-behind-your-back approach to the fourth quarter and you can't really blame one guy or one player or one coach or one GM or one anybody. It was just the ultimate shitstorm of of shit that all just happened at one time. And it results in historic, blown fourth quarter lead. Again, 120-0 and 0 
when you're leading by 16 in the fourth quarter, now 120 and one. So obviously a lot needs to go wrong to break records that haven't been broken in 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah, and, and I know people don't want to hear this, but you got to give Lamar a lot of credit. I mean, he could very yep. easily have, have not, you know, very easily could have got down or whatever. He fumbled the ball a couple times. I, won, I think one time they he was down, I think. But give him a lot of credit, man. He came back. He's a hell of a player. I mean, had some really incredible escapes, at, you know, early in the game. And, I mean, listen – these guys are ruthless, man. You you see you see practice squad corners out there. You know they're going right at it. There's no letting up. And I mean, you just got. I mean, it's some of it. I mean, a lot of it's on us. But you gotta you gotta give them credit. I mean, they're a very good team. They're well coached. They didn't quit. You knew we we knew we would have to play a sixty plus minute game. We didn't do it. You know, we did not play well for sixty minutes. And when you play good teams, you, you really have to be consistent. And it continues to be an issue with this team, the consistency, whether it's the offense, defense, or special teams, it's inconsistent. And that has to change for this team to be a good team. Right now, we're just way too inconsistent. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think we pretty much, as far as an instant reaction, got it all. Yeah, I wanna, one thing I do want to mention is I thought the offense was outstanding tonight. I thought Carson was was outstanding. I mean, he had some bad throws, but I, I just thought 400 yards, you know, taking the Colts down the field with what 30, I mean, even with the pen, like he got, we got a call obviously, but he still got us down there and makeable field goal range. Um, offense, you know, other than getting a little conservative at the end thought was outstanding tonight. It gives, I mean, it really does give me hope because that's a good defense over there and we ran the ball. Well, we, we threw well, we just didn't close the deal, and that's it's really really heartbreaking as a fan, and very dis- I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm disappointed. Um, I know people want me to like rip everybody and all that stuff, but I'm just hurt, just like everybody else is. But you know, I'm really proud of the offense. I, I think that gives us some hope for the rest of the year that maybe you know we can turn this thing around. Um, we've got definitely got some winnable games coming up, but we got to get healthy, man. And I, I, that's the, that's the issue now. We, I mean, because if you think about it. We went into this game. We didn't have Rock. Rock got Yasin's probably played the best of any of our our corners, and he's out. And so you start the game missing him. Then you lose Isaiah for a long period of time. You lose Xavier for the rest of the game. You lose Zendejo. You lose you know Kari. Julian was out for a series. I mean, I think Julian was out for the bomb. Yeah, yeah, and so a lot. I mean, it's just so many negative things going on you know, going in one direction and it just, Luke, it just feels like one of those years, man. It just, it from does. the very beginning of this year, I mean, with Carson, with the injury and just all these injuries and, and nobody, look, it, the bottom line is we're one and four. So excuses are excuses or whatever. But the fact of the matter is it's very difficult to win in this league with a ton of frontline injuries. Mm-hmm. And we've got all, we've got that. And then, you know, when, when our guys were healthy, we didn't play well. You know, we were very inconsistent because we didn't play together in, in training camp. So we come out, we play the first week, we look like, a, you know, we look like it's, we're playing in a scrimmage game because we haven't played together. So, I mean, the offense was great. Man, how about the offensive line move? The offensive line was pretty damn good tonight. Yep. Um, I think we got to mention them. I mean, it's not yeah, they all st- I thought they, they struggled like- early. And we were in the red zone, and we had a fumble. I thought that the Ravens might have jumped off sides. If not, they timed it absolutely perfectly. And we got beat there for the sack, the strip sack. But 
Yeah, for the most part, I thought. And as the game went on, the offensive line got better and better. And Reich trusted them, and we threw downfield. And Wentz threw downfield. He had 400 yards. He had a pair of touchdowns. Taylor, again, great in the receiving game. Had the big 70-yard catch and run on third down. Pittman with the jump ball touchdown. My biggest issue with the offense might have been Reich getting cute with the double reverse flea flicker. You're bullying them at that point. And then we end up settling for a field goal. I thought that kind of threw us off. And that's like, I don't want to nitpick, but when the game is this precise at the end and it comes down to this kick, this extra point, this play, that play, I didn't like the double flea flicker or the double whatever back to Carson no. Wentz because Luke, it just ruins, mo- it ruins momentum. Why are you getting cute? Yeah, like, Mike just, just has this tendency where he has to do, like, one stupid, dumb shit that just drives you nuts. You don't need that. Pound the rock. Or just play conventional offense. I can't agree more, man. I uh, I definitely had some choice words when he split. Because, listen, a double reverse, is, it was too slow. Like, if you're going to catch a defense, like maybe if you hand it off to the running back and immediately pitch it back to the quarterback, that works. But when you're like pitching it and then pitching it again and then flipping it back and it's super slow, it's too slow developing. A defense is going to swallow that up. So I didn't like the call. I didn't think it was needed. We were doing what we needed to do, just running our regular plays. I, I like that's the kind of shit you do when you can't move the ball. We move the ball at will all night. Like that, you do that kind of crap when you're struggling and you can't move the ball and you're trying to pull out anything. Like, like uh, I'm trying to think, think. I think Texas A&M ran something like that against Alabama. That's the kind of shit you do when you're playing against a team that's clearly better than you and that you're having trouble, you know, generating offense against. That wasn't a problem for us tonight. We ran it down their throat. We threw it down there. We we did everything we wanted to do. So yep. I agree with that. I, I didn't like that call. I didn't like the conservative stuff at the end. I, I still, you know, as a whole from the game, I take a lot of positives, you know, but it wasn't perfect by any stretch. And so, um, like you said, man, the defense is going to get the majority of the blame and the special teams should get a lot too. But I think there's blame to go everywhere. It's a team It's a team loss. I don't want to see anybody singled out. It's a team loss. I mean, when you blow a 16-point lead, it's all three phases. And it was. Fourth quarter, just an absolute collapse. Yep. And, Jason, I know this didn't affect the game because we ended up going down and scoring a touchdown anyway. But that Darius Leonard pitch to Isaiah Rodgers, that was absolutely backwards. Yeah. Awful call. Like 110% backwards. Yep. That's a terrible call. But, you know. On replay. They reversed that. That's crazy. Yeah. I I don't know what they were looking at on that. I mean, you draw a freaking line down the field. There's lines all over the field. There's hashes. There's lines. It's very easy to draw a straight line and to be able to tell if he pitched it forward, backwards, or, you know, completely horizontal. Oh, and one more thing, Jason. Happy birthday. I'm sure you couldn't have had (laughs) a better birthday well spent watching this Colts team. Jesus Christ. The first three quarters were great, though. I mean, You know what? And what time did the game end? Did it end after 12? No. Okay, never mind. No. (laughs) So the Colts uh, squeezed it in for your birthday present. Oh God, dude! It's what a horrible. Well, at least you don't live in Maryland. You probably don't know any Raven fans, right? That uh, had satisfaction from this Luke, win. You're really kicking a man wise down with this stuff, man. I'm down too. It's just not my birthday. I know, and you don't live in Maryland, so you don't have to hear all the bullshit, too. That's true. 
I, I actually, I think most of my Raven fan friends probably feel bad for me, honestly, because oh, they know how much I love the Colts. Um, but uh, and I got a lot of DMs right after the game, like, man, I'm sorry, like not right from Raven fans, but from other teams and stuff. And it's tough, man. I think a lot of fans just realize how hard it is when you're such a fan. And you, I mean, me and you work so hard for you know to cover the team and give you know do a really good job. And when you really live and die with the team, you know, when they lose a game like this, I think teams, fans of other teams, like you know, they feel for you because it's really rough. No, it um, is. but again, you know. We still got how many games left? I mean, we still got time to turn it around. I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. After a game like this, Jason, you know how many games we have left? Uh, I don't know. Too many it, and not enough. Yeah, probably. I just want to see this team healthy, you know, yep. and see what they can do with healthy. But I don't know if we're going to get that this year. It just seems like we're just never going to get to that point. They just keep piling up. It's true. It's unfortunate, but it's a part of the game. And when we get hit with them, we get hit with them. My God. It's just relentless when the guys start to go. They drop like flies today. And it's always like every year, Jason, it's like one position group. So like this year, like the corners are getting killed. The O-line's getting killed. In years past, it's been the receivers getting killed. So God likes to pick one position group for the Colts to make them drop like flies and today specifically was the corners in the secondary but tough loss and we say that pretty much every time they lose oh tough loss tough loss. like this was as tough as you could get as a loss and the entire country saw it because it was on prime time monday night just a brutal brutal loss yeah i've been watching this team since 1983 it's the toughest regular season loss i've ever ever i've ever seen yeah i've never i've never felt worse after a game i mean the pittsburgh game was bad last year this this is so much worse dude i mean it's just i mean it, it, we put because it just felt like we had it you know what we i mean did. it's just like yep. we left so many points out there it's like oh and another thing jason we keep talking about points we left on the field in the second half in the first half of this game you should be up by a oh, lot yeah. more than yeah, yeah. seven going Great into the half. Point. It was 10-3 at the half. So this is another Great thing because people are going to focus on the defense in the second half of this game. But when the defense was bowling in the first half, the offense wasn't cashing in. In the second half, the offense played great and the defense didn't. So it was, the, it was a tale of two halves, and it's a complete game. And if you're going to just blame the defense for the way the game ended, even though, of course, offense could have been a little bit better, they could have scored another touchdown or whatever, they could have converted, killed another minute, ran the ball, not done that double flea flicker, special teams, we could go through all that crap that we went through for the first half hour of this podcast. But in the first half, you have a fumble in the red zone, you're not scoring points, you're not cashing in when the defense is getting you the ball back, and you put up... 10 points in the first half of this game. And it was almost seven if they don't jump off sides was another special teams disaster there in the first half right before halftime. So the offense had to be better in the first half. They weren't. In the second half, they put up 15, which is not like, oh, my God, a mind-blowing second half. It's 15 points. 25 points is nice for this offense. Again, 30 would be nicer. But this was just the ultimate team loss. It's really not on the offense, the defense. It's, I mean, I guess you no. could say special teams didn't really do anything positive to well, counterbalance the negative. Luke, Luke we got to be fair here. Just to, to be fair to, to Blankenship, I think he was kicking injured. Yeah, he did look injured. so, yeah. so. 
So he's trying to gut it out for the team, and I, I get that. So I, I'm not going to be as hard on him as I probably could be. But what about trying. the block? Yeah, the block. Letting Calais Campbell get in. That one to me is almost bigger. If you yeah. make that because it's a less pressure kick, so right. it's probably an easier kick for him to make, and I think it was closer anyway. So if you could just block Calais Campbell and you could get that kick up and you make it, you're up 11 points. You yep. let them go down the field. You play prevent. You milk the clock. They go down the field. They still need, you know, doesn't even matter if they get the two-point conversion. It's a two-possession game. You win the game. Yeah, and the thing about that play, I didn't even really think they blocked him. Like, he, they let him – they basically let him get his hands up. Yeah, it was guy, awful. It, it just – Just awful. I mean, yeah, I mean, and you – you know, I'm not trying to extend this any longer than it has to be, but you did make a really good point about, like, Listen, the offense played well enough to win, clearly. But Jesus, man, in the first half, I mean, Wentz can't fumble that ball. He wasn't even hit that hard. I don't know how he fumbled it. You got to protect the ball better than that. He played his ass off, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to give him too much crap. But, I mean, we just shot ourselves in the foot in the first half. Seven points when you're going up and down the field like that is just inexcusable. And again, you really, like, we've been saying, like, Everyone's going to blame the defense. Everybody's going to blame Flues. Everybody's going to—I mean, I think—I think that's what everyone's going to blame, basically. But it's—it's it's all three phases. This game could have been put away in the first half. You come out second half, you and you play like you did. If you do—if you do a little more in the first half, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing because you're up thirty to six or thirty to three or thirty to nine. So I think that's a great point. I think a lot of people are going to forget that because of the way the game ended. But it's a 60-minute game, and this game was a 60-whatever, six-minute game. And, uh, you know, the offense just didn't do enough in the first half when they really should have to help, you know, the defense. Because you knew Lamar was going to make plays. This was not going to be a game where we held him to three points. We told, I mean, we said that before the game. He's going to make plays, and he did. So it's, it's just a complete team collapse. Everyone deserves blame. Brutal, brutal, brutal loss. Probably too brutal to listen to the entire podcast. We'll wrap it up. Jason, Late, Luke, can I say one? Luke, can yeah, I say yeah, one more thing? Final thoughts. Um, yeah, my final thoughts are they got to flush this game, not let this become a snowball. They have got to flush it. It's over. There's nothing you can do about it. They've got Houston on Sunday. I don't care who's out there. They've got to find a way to beat Houston. That is the most important thing now. They can't allow this game to snowball and become one term from one taking this win from a to a loss and then another loss, then go to San Francisco and have another loss. They've got to nip this in the bud, watch the film, flush this game, and get focused on Houston because that is a huge game for this team. They have yep. to win it. It's a divisional game. Yes, this sucks, and I'm heartbroken i'm gonna get over it we're gonna move on to houston later in the week and we're gonna flush this game and the players have to do the same i know they're upset i know they're pissed off they got to take that that emotion and put it to use work their ass off on the field this week you know get ready for this houston team go out there and dominate this sunday take it out on the texans don't don't get down don't you know don't get down don't get frustrated with your teammates come together go out there and beat their ass on sunday and get the get it get this win back Yep, and it's a short week, obviously, today, Monday, Monday Night Football, so you have one less day of preparation. And this is a Texans team. I know they got clobbered by the Bills, I think, 40-zip last week. 
but the Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. And then this past week, they go out against the Patriots, and I think they had a 15-16 point lead that they blew. So you have two teams matching up next week in the AFC South that both blew big second-half leads in Week 5. So it's a winnable game, obviously. It's a game you really have to win. Mills is not a very good rookie quarterback, so you should go in there. You should be able to – it's a home game, but you should be able to go home and win that game. But – Man, nothing is easy. You can't take anything for granted. So you're going to have to go into that game, and you're going to have to earn it because the Patriots had to earn it this week. We saw them go out and beat the Jaguars week one, so they do. They have the same amount of wins as we do, Jason, without Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, I think we've played a tougher schedule, but your points will we take have. it. I, we, we, we just got to flush it, brother. We got, This game's got to be flushed right down the toilet and move on. To Houston. I mean, as much as I want to sit here and dwell on this or whatever and bitch, moan, and be sad or whatever, you know, as a fan, I'm going to try to move on to Houston as soon as possible. And I hope the players do the same. And I really hope they take the feeling they have in the locker room right now and come together as opposed to be ripped apart. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you could sometimes you could take a loss like this and you could turn it into a positive. I mean, you, you think about not to, you know, Andrew Luck's not walking through the door. This isn't 2018. But do you remember the Jets game? We, we lost to the Jets, and we basically fell apart yep. in that game. We gave up 42 points in 2018. Lost to a bad Jets team. I think we were it lost, we lost 42 to 34. Yep. We, were one in five. we were 1-5. We were 1-5. You were at the game. We were 1-5. The sky was falling. Okay? We went out there. The team came together. They found a way. They won a lot of close games. I'm not ready to give up, man. I'm not a quitter. I'm not giving up on this team. I still believe that there's something to these guys and that they're going to turn it around. The offense tonight really gave me hope, Luke. We saw a lot of good things out of Hines. The offensive line got better as the game went on. Carson was 400 yards. Unbelievable game. No picks. He's having a great uh, season so far for you know from what he had last year. So there are positives. They just got to let this just flush it. Move on. Get ready for t- Houston. I'm trying to get over this game right now and just think about the Texans uh, because it's a winnable game. And 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 if we can get that win, I've been saying this from the beginning, Luke. We we thought this was a loss coming in, and it was a loss. Doesn't matter how we got to it. It was a loss. Now we know we what we have to do. We have Houston this week. Tennessee has five tough games coming up. Tennessee is not great. I don't care what anybody says. They're not great. They barely beat us with our quarterback in a wheelchair, okay? This is not over. The season's not over. Don't give up on this team. I'm saying that right now. Do not give up on this team. I saw a lot of positives tonight. Yes, the end result sucks. I'm heartbroken, and I'm, but I'm going to get over it. We're going to focus on the Texans, Luke. Me and you are going to come back, have a hell of a preview for this game, and we're going to move on. And that's what the, the Colts need to do, and the season's not over. Yep. We're still in it. Just got to fight to the finish, man. Never quit. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to be positive and keep the fans, you know, heads up because I know they're down. I'm not quitting on these guys. It's very frustrating. But, hey, man, we got 13, maybe maybe 12. But still a lot of divisional games. Still got the, te- the Titans at home. A lot can happen, man. It's not over. And if you're going to the game Sunday, man, show these guys love. Don't give up on them. Don't boo them. You know, really get in the game. Be loud for these guys because they need it. I'm sure they're really down. And I'm trying to just keep, you know, keep – my 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 uh my hope and my faith in these guys and I think you should and really support them. They played their ass off tonight. They just ran out of gas and they were a couple guys short and it 
You know, it just didn't work out. A lot of things went wrong. And you give Baltimore credit, they made the plays. But the season isn't over, and we got plenty of time to catch the Titans. I'm not ready to quit. Don't you guys quit either. Absolutely, and that's coming from a guy who picked the Colts to start 1-4. and four. You have picked against the Colts four times. You're 4-0. You picked the Colts once. You're 1-0. So this is not blind optimism from a guy who's picked the Colts every week and is just saying it to say it. You've picked the Colts to go 1-4. and four. They're 1-4. and four. There's a clear path to getting the season back on track with more winnable games. We also have tough games. We're going to have the Bucks. We're going to have tough games as well. But there's a lot of winnable games, and the Titans schedule begins to stiffen up where we could steal a couple games, including the huge head-to-head matchup in round two with the Titans in Indianapolis. So And, and that, Luke, Luke. Yes, Luke, yes, remember, we're getting Quiddy back. We're getting Dio yep. back. We're getting all. We're getting Rock back. We're getting Kari back. We're getting uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, oh, Nelson back, back. Ty we're, back. We're, yep. Yeah, we're getting all these guys back. We're gonna be. This is not the best. What you saw there tonight, even even blowing them out for three quarters, that's not our best team. No, nope. our best team is not to take yet has yet to take the field. No, Braden Smith either. Braden Smith. We're gonna get one. all these guys. We're gonna get these guys back. This season isn't over, guys. Don't quit on this team. Really, don't quit on. They're yep. gonna come back. They're gonna They're gonna. They're, they're gonna come back. They're gonna find a way. Trust me. Just hang in there. And with that, that's my man Jason Spears. I'm your host Luke Diamond. Today was ugly. At least it finished ugly. It's not the result we wanted. But there's still a lot of football left to be played this season. Twelve games left. We're sitting at one and four. Backs against the wall. How do we respond next week against the Houston Texans? We'll be back with the game preview on Thursday for week number six right here on the For the Culture Podcast.